Hello. Hello. What's good? Welcome to... We Drink and We Know Things. The podcast. Yes. This is not an official full-length episode, just by the way, before well, we even fucking get into this thing. It's gonna be it's gonna girthy. Be a, it's gonna be a girthy boy. <laughs> but yeah. it's not our huge. Yeah, no. So, I, I, I think... Hopefully, as as this comes out, this last episode, I said that I've just recently got our podcast onto Reddit. Uh, so essentially, that just if you're not familiar with Reddit, it's kind of just like the the biggest forum on the internet. It's just an open forum. There's so many. They're called like subreddits and shit, and that's where like there's yeah. so many different categories of it's things. A big old. It's like crazy the old. It feels like the old school website. internet. Yeah, it feels like the old school internet. It's just a bunch of different. So stuff. Yeah. yeah. So we haven't given you guys a full length episode like a regular episode a i mean minute. yet because for one our air is out so Gross. we are literally recording in what like 85 degrees it was 85 degrees yeah. which is not fun mm, it feels but steamy we also wanted to kind of change it up and give you guys some fun little stuff so before this you would have heard an after show yeah and yeah. so now we're gonna give you kind of something that we've done before similar to when we've read like creepy pastas yeah which you can also find on reddit yeah, creepy pastas are on Reddit. There's also the let the 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 subreddit of let's. Uh, it's called Team No Sleep, I think is what it's called. And there's some cool ones on there that I think we might touch on as well. So for this episode, we're doing like I said, similar to the creepy pasta, yeah. but we're doing some Reddit stories that are a specific, I guess, subreddit. Yeah, the subreddit called yeah, Let's get, Not Meet. Let's not meet so this is basically people's true stories of encounters that they've had maybe quickly maybe multiple times maybe over years yeah. of people they're that always crazy are just creepy yeah. and disturbing and it's called let's not meet because basically when you when they tell their stories on reddit it's sort of a venting they're venting yeah. their stories and it's like, hey, I hope I fucking never meet let's this never person again. Let's never meet again. Also, I've actually done a Let's Not Meet on the podcast before when we did The Smiling Man. Yeah. The Smiling Man oh, is yeah. actually a Let's Not Meet. For sure. Yeah. I forgot about that. So these are really uh, intriguing, seemingly true stories. And we're going to read through, I think, five of them this evening. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a little us. different. We're, you know... Not really going to have a lot of banter, which some of you may love. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they're tuning in, babe. But we're just going to take turns reading a couple stories that we got permission. Yeah, to I read, reached out on so. Reddit. It's just, I just built the Reddit or whatever, which is W-D-A-W-K-T-Pod on Reddit. So if you want to hit us up, if you have stories, if you have ideas, if you have whatever, you can always reach out to us. I think we said I actually this don't every even episode. know what it means for us to have a Reddit. What does that even it's mean? It's just a Reddit account. We just we're just on Reddit. We just Guys, have a Reddit another account. Another thing we're on. We're I'm going to be sharing stuff on there. I'm going to be searching for content on for the podcast off of Reddit uh, as a hopefully like a side as as another thing adjacent to the the after show and the regular podcast. I think this will be stuff that we do maybe monthly or something. Yeah, let us know what you think. Let us know if you like the after shows, if you like when we do stuff like this. Hit us the fuck up. We just kind of like to change it up a little bit sometimes and give you guys yeah. some other content. Yeah, I think that I think that we drink and we know things is a pretty fluid platform so we can do whatever we'd like. And uh, I'm excited to do these. I've been I've been working on this like all week. I'm excited, so I'm excited too. Yeah. Tom found the stories. I have not read any of and them. And everyone uh gave everyone every writer gave us permission to do these. So yeah. uh thank you to those guys and we'll be crediting them uh if if they wish throughout the episode. Yeah. So you ready to get into it? Let's fucking do it. That okay, was a guys. great lean in. 
Also, give us a five-star review. God damn it. Give us a fucking review, Like us on all social meds. All the social meds. Uh, You can also email us at wedrinkandwenowthingspodcast at suggestions, y'all. Yeah, we are also on Spotify now. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on CastBox. You can find us on Google. You can find us on Apple. If you're listening, you've found us, but just, you know, tell your homies. We're also on Stitcher as well. Okay, we're done. Let's get more plugs into it. (laughs) So I'm going to start. Yeah, let's do this thing. And Tom's going to be quiet. We'll see. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so I'm going to start with a story titled, A Day of Play Leads to Kidnapping. Oh. From Redditor. A pleasant title. I'm going to spell out their name because I'm not totally sure how to say it. C-H-E-E-S-E-S-H-R-I-C-E-1966. Cheesish. Cheesish rice. Cheesish 1966. Okay. I've stalked this sub for a while and couldn't decide whether or not to post mine, but I'm feeling brave on a Monday. It was a very long time ago, back in 1973. I know it was summer. I was six, and we were living on Monica Lane in Madison, Wisconsin. Thing is, I sort of recalled it, but never put two and two together until a few months ago, when I was talking to my mom, who went into great detail. I was a very gregarious child, outgoing, extroverted, friends with anyone. It was, at the time, a middle-class neighborhood, and three houses down from ours, on the same side of the street, was a huge park. My mom was a nurse and my dad was a salesman, but mom worked second shift at Meritor while my dad worked days. I rarely had a babysitter, only if they went out for dinner or a movie, but they did go out often and there were always older kids in the neighborhood to babysit. One sitter who I really liked lived a few blocks or so away and down the street a little bit. Vicky had babysat a few times before that and it was pretty uneventful. She'd play games with me, do my hair, play dress up, pretty basic stuff. So anyhow, one day, I had gone with my friends down to the park. I remember there was a ball field at the time and a sandlot next to the field. My friends wanted to play on the monkey bars, but I wanted to play in the sand. I looked at the sandbox, and my babysitter Vicky was standing there. I told my friends I was going down to the sandbox, and I ran off. We played in the sand, building a castle, and then she asked me if I wanted to go get something cold to drink. I was stifling hot, and I, of course, said yes. So she takes my hand, and we start walking to her place. She starts telling me about her puppies and asking if I want to play with them. Of course I get giddy and now can't wait to get to her house. This is where my memory had stopped, and after my mom told me what happened, the rest of it flooded back. Oh, shit. My mother just happened to be talking to my sister and I about some of the places we lived and we got to Monica Lane. I told her I remembered the park and how big it seemed and she asked me if I remembered being kidnapped. I immediately thought she was kidding and then the look on her face told me otherwise. She said it was around 5 in the afternoon and one of my friends had come to the door to ask me to come back outside, sure that I had gotten bored and walked back home. When my mom checked the house, she realized I wasn't there and her being seven months pregnant with my sister sprints to the park screaming my name. After asking several kids if they'd seen me with no clue, she went to the ball field and asked the, uh, the older boys if they'd seen me. One of the boys, she guessed around 14, said that he'd seen a younger woman playing with a girl that fit my description in the sand 
and walk off in a general direction. That was all he knew. My mom ran across the street to one of the houses and asked to use her phone and called the police. By the time the police got there, my dad had come home and some of the neighbors were trying to help my mom. So there's this search party out looking for me, screaming my name and knocking on doors. The police had gone back to the park to ask the boys if they knew who had been with me and if they knew who she was. Between the boys and the neighbors, they had deduced who it was that had led me off. But I have no idea how, honestly. The police and the entourage go to her house. She lived with her parents, but they weren't home. And they knock on the door. She came to the door and told them she hadn't seen me and she'd been home all day. The police asked to come in and for some reason, she said okay. They went through the house and went into the basement and found me. Fuck. That's what my mom knew and then I remembered. It was literally like a floodgate had opened and I started crying. At six, you sort of trust everyone and she'd been in our house. I never got a bad feeling from her and my parents didn't either. But when we walked into her house, I remember that cold, holy fuck feeling washing over me and getting very worried. I remember starting to cry and saying I wanted to go home over and over. She takes me into her kitchen and gets me a glass of water and a tissue. I hear her dogs barking and next to the kitchen is an open stairway that goes down where the barking was coming from. She starts trying to convince me into going downstairs, telling me there's all sorts of toys and games. I reluctantly agree, and she grabs my hand to head down the stairs. The dogs are going nuttier, and I start screaming. At this point, Vicky is getting fucking bizarre. She's screaming at me to shut the fuck up. If you don't shut up, I will throw you in the cage with the dogs, and they will eat you. Shut up dragging me down the stairs and I was still screaming. I was scared out of my mind. I remember crying so hard I was hyperventilating and I am screaming so hard I'm not even making sounds. Vicky then flips a switch and starts being super sweet trying to calm me down. She tells me that she was just playing a game and tells me she wants to play hide and seek. She must have been relatively skilled at calming me down because the next thing I know I I hear knocking on the door upstairs and I wasn't crying. The houses were all the same sort of tract houses that Sears used to sell. Not huge, but not small, but you could hear everything at any spot in the house. I keep hearing the knocking and she tells me that it's her friends. They're coming to play hide and seek. She convinced me to let her put a piece of masking tape over my mouth so Jesus. I wouldn't make a sound and lifted me into the big wooden box next to the kennel. She put a big pile of blankets over me and told me to be really quiet so they didn't find me. The whole time, the dogs were going batshit. But when she called me down, they calmed down too. They still looked incredibly mean, but they were no longer frothing at the mouth and only slightly growling it until the knocking started. I remember scrunching in there, confused, still scared and convinced that the dogs were going to get out and eat me. I was crying again and hyperventilating. I remember taking the tape off of my mouth because I couldn't breathe, but remembered I needed to be quiet because I was afraid what she'd do if I screamed. I laid in that smelly box next to the big bag of dog food, sweating to hell, tears rolling down my face. I sort of pushed the blankets to the side, but only enough so that I could pull them back over when someone came. I recall thinking about my dad and wondering if he'd come find me. 
All of a sudden, I hear what sounds like adults yelling my name. They come down the stairs and the dogs are going batshit again. Over and over, men are yelling my name. And then I hear a man say, if you don't shut those fucking dogs up, I will. I was in a huge storage box, like a carpenter's toolbox type of thing, with tape hanging off of my mouth when they opened the lid. Jesus I remember a very nice man asking me my name and if I was okay. I don't remember answering him and anything other than the screams and tears and grabbing his neck so hard my dad had to practically pry me off of him. I remember my parents taking me to the hospital to be checked out and that's all I really remember. Mom said that Vicky was found guilty of attempted kidnapping and last she knew she was in prison but couldn't remember when the last time was that she had heard anything. Whoa. We moved from the area shortly thereafter and haven't been back since. I do know that mom said that her parents were odd, but they didn't know them. She said she had met Vicky from neighbors that had used her as a babysitter and had never heard of anything bad in that I always seemed happy with her. She lived in the general neighborhood, but it would have been two blocks over and one block down. Mom said they never picked her up. She always walked over. When they get home, they drive her home and never noticed anything out of the ordinary. Mom and Dad had only met her parents when they came to the door to ask for forgiveness, that Vicky hadn't meant to do anything bad and was a good girl. Mom said, my dad picked up her dad by the shirt and told him that if he ever came on our property again, he'd kill them. I remember her name and sort of what she looked like, but would have no idea if she walked up to me who she is. Fuck. So that's that one, huh? That was A Day of Play Leads to Kidnapping. So next, we're going to be reading Girl Has Been Following Me for Two Years by Hippie Hipster 1014. All right. This story starts around the fall of 2017. I was walking back to work from lunch when I passed this girl and noticed she got up and started walking behind me. Mm -mm. She took a different route and didn't follow me, but then a few days later it happened again. This time she was following me. I assume she wasn't uh, following me at the time because where my office building was situated, you have to go up a set of stairs and pass a few other buildings, and she did not follow me into my building. After a while... I noticed we took the same train home. A lot of the time, she would be watching me. When we made eye contact, she'd look away. Then, she'd continue looking when she thought I wasn't. Mm. There's a Whole Foods across from my office. I went there for lunch a couple of times during the week, and I started seeing the girl sitting in the window for lunch, and she would almost always get up as soon as I left and walk the same way I did. Around this time, I began seeing her more frequently. During lunchtime... Or when I got onto the metro, she was most almost always there. After a couple months of this, I started noticing that she would get off at the same station as me sometimes. Sometimes she would walk the same way as me. Once I got to my place, I live in a condo with my brother, she would always pass by, but never follow me up to the entrance. During this time, I started receiving phone calls at work from random phone numbers that, at the time, I assumed was spam. There would either be silence on the end or the person would hang up immediately. I also started receiving fake Facebook requests from people I already knew or were already on my friends list. Mm -mm. December of 2017 comes. By this time, I'm not going to Whole Foods as often. If she gets off at the same station as me, I go into a restaurant or go shopping for groceries before I go home. Around this time, an old friend I went to high school with contacts me kind of out of the blue. Said she wanted to follow me on Instagram. We text a couple of times, and I accept her follow request. 
She contacts me again about a month later from a different number, but this time she's texting me frequently. I'm talking about every day, every other day. I'm not one to be mean or show when I'm annoyed too often, but after months of this, when she asks me if she's texting me too frequently, I don't hesitate to tell her that she could lay off a bit. She stops for a week or so, then starts texting frequently again. This whole ordeal should have set up red flags for several reasons. During this time, she would ask me so many random questions, like when you would do when you're trying to get to know someone. She would ask for selfies, which I declined because I don't like taking pictures of myself, and I would tell her that there are plenty of pictures of me on Facebook. She would ask what I'm doing on the weekends and the name of my friends on occasions, which I wouldn't tell her because I thought it was weird that she would want to know my friends' names. I only sent her a couple of videos of fun things I'd do, but that's it. August 2018 rolls around. I'm still seeing Creepy Girl everywhere during the week. I get pulled into my boss's office. He says that a few coworkers received fake screenshots from Facebook of me talking badly about them. Now, I never post on Facebook and would never talk shit about my coworkers on social media. I don't have a grudge with anyone, nor do I know of anyone who has a problem with me. I'm a fairly easygoing guy. I managed to clear things up with everyone involved and still had my job. Of course, my friend is still texting me fairly frequently. I tell her what happened a couple of days later when I got home from work. I tell her I don't want to get too much into it, but she keeps pushing for details. I finally told her I was going to bed and she got the message. The more I thought about the time she texted me, the more uneasy I got. Some things that she said just didn't make sense, especially the way I remembered her. We had kept in touch over the years, just not as frequently, and we hadn't touched base for a while before I heard from her in December. A couple of weeks later, I decided to reach out to my friend on Instagram, but the Instagram last messaged me through wasn't there. However, there was still an Instagram for her that I followed and that follows me back. I reach out to her and ask what her phone number was, and the phone number is completely different, and it turns out she was never the one texting me, nor did she request following me on Instagram. Oh, no. I track the number, and it turns out to be from one of those fake phone number apps. I request to be blocked from the service, and I never hear from my friend again. After talking about it with my brother and a couple of friends, I'm almost 100% certain that it was the girl that had been following me. These things only started after she appeared. The phone calls to my office, the fake Facebook requests, etc. A few days before I was pulled aside by my boss, my friend texted me and told me she had a weird feeling about me and wanted to make sure I was okay. I just thought she was being weird at the time and didn't think too much of it. This whole ordeal is really scary when I look back on it because I sent videos of myself and my address at one point. My friend confirmed a post my brother made with pictures he tagged of me on Facebook. I was texting a stranger for eight months about my life, and they also apparently have access to my Facebook page. Mm -mm. I still see this girl, since she obviously works in the same area as me. She doesn't follow me around as much, but when she does see me on the metro, she always watches me or sits somewhere she will be able to make eye contact with me. What the fuck? I'm always careful now if anyone texts me from an unrecognizable phone number, and I'm just paranoid. I know this story might seem a bit all over the place, especially with the conclusion I came to of the girl posing as my friend, but I had to get this off my chest. So, creepy girl that has been following me, staring at me, and most likely catfished me, I don't want to meet you. Ever. Ugh. Ugh. So there's actually some edits to this. And that's so, like, recent. Yeah. 
Wait, what do you mean there's edits? Uh, so the first edit says, another reason I didn't suspect my friend wasn't really my friend at first was that she knew a lot of details about me. She obviously had my phone number, but she knew my mom's name and my brother's name. Where I went to college and the fact that we went to high school together, she also talked about her school and major. She even managed to find out my special nickname a few of my coworkers called me. A lot of research was done on me and my friend who was impersonated, which was super scary to think about when I reflected on how much was known about me. My mom's Facebook page is also mostly public, so that I may have been where that may have been where information was collected of me. Yeah. Yeah. Fucked up. Ugh, parents on Facebook. Yeah. Privatize your shit. Please. Ugh. Yeah. No. That's spooky. No. Yeah. And I feel like it's probably still happening. Yeah. I want an update. Do we yeah. do we have that Reddit user? Did you say the Reddit user on that one or was that a private one? I did. That's um Hippie Hipster ten fourteen. I want Reddit. more yeah. deets. I wanna know if that's still happening. If that's you've got crazy. more updates, yeah, tell us and up. we will fucking update everybody. Because that's yeah. creepy. Yeah, it's super creepy. Uh-uh. I hate it. Okay. I'm going to read another one now. This is called The Bridge. And this is from a former Reddit user. This is, was, going to be short. But the memory sprung into my mind a couple days back. And I thought it would be worth sharing. I live in North Wales, UK. For anyone who has had the pleasure of visiting, it truly is a beautiful place to live. Though for an adolescent boy, it is certainly lacking in things to do. As a result, my friends and I would often find ourselves mindlessly exploring areas of countryside and coastline. Despite it being quite sparsely populated in comparison to the closest cities, there is a dual carriageway running right along the coast from Wales into England. Also, train tracks run alongside this road for most of its course, occasionally passing overhead via a small cement bridge. Anyway, there was one night a few years ago when about four of us randomly decided to try and explore the inside of one of these bridges, as one of the group had observed a manhole cover nearby, which we believed to be the entrance. On closer inspection, we discovered that several tools would be required in order to gain entry. We returned with the necessary equipment and proceeded to unbolt the cover. This had to be done stealthily as the train track was right beside us, not close enough to be of any danger, but definitely a sufficiently small distance to cause panic for any train driver. And panic usually means police. It wasn't long before we had removed the heavy steel disc and had started descending the ladder down into the structure. Once we had all safely reached the bottom, we decided to progress to the other side. At this point, we are totally confined into the narrow space that leads into the main area. If you are confused as to what the hell this bridge is supposed to be, you probably shouldn't be because it was rather peculiar. I mean, I would have never known there was even an inside had we not found the manhole. Mm, that's kind of weird. So as we squeeze and crouch and at one point scrape along our bellies to the other side of the structure, there's a growing sense of claustrophobia between us. The distance from end to the other is surprisingly long, but the halfway point you can look down through narrow gaps into the motorway below. This was actually pretty cool, which 
help keep us calm in a strange way. At this point, apart from the mild discomfort and confinement, we were still just a group of guys on an adventure. This was about to change dramatically. No more than a few meters beyond halfway, which we could tell due to the symmetry of the passageways through the bridge, one of us claimed they could see some object in the distance at the far end. Slightly hesitantly, we agreed to investigate. Bad move. I reached the end first, and let me tell you, I have never felt the same sense of dread before or since. Oh, shit. In front of me was a single fold-away chair positioned facing a wall. On the wall was a partially torn page from a newspaper or a magazine showing a fully naked lady in erotic position. Oh, what the fuck? The reason I don't just refer to it as porn is because something was different about it. I can't put my finger on it, but it seemed more sinister than sexy, if that makes sense, any sense. More disturbingly, the eyes of the woman on display had been cut from the page. Removed with precision, not just hastily ripped off. The scene that lay before us had rendered us completely speechless. And an overpowering sense of panic could be felt collectively. That was when we found the condom. What? The horrendous, gut-wrenching, blood-drenched condom. Needless to say... We got the fuck out of there as fast yeah. as humanly possible. Yeah. Smashing our knees and shins against the sharp cement edges that lined the path to the ladder by which we had entered. Of course, we were all praying to God that the manhole hadn't been resealed, as it was impossible to tell until you reached the ladder itself. Thankfully, the exit route was clear and we promptly dashed as far away as our legs could carry us. I'm sure this ending comes as a disappointment to some of you reading this as we, luckily, never bumped into the twisted individual who sits in that chair. But I must stress how radically out of the norm this was given where we live. The reason I mentioned the population earlier was with purpose. There is easily enough people there to escape the realms of crazy country folk, yet nowhere near enough people to have someone clearly lose grip on society without somebody taking notice. For example, there was literally only one homeless man who everyone in the area knew and grew fond of, eventually resulting in a mass gathering at his funeral when he passed away. I sometimes think, though not recently, as I had more or less forgotten about that night entirely, about the person who climbs down into the bridge and navigates through the darkness to sit facing a wall and do God knows what that ends up with the condom full of blood. What the fuck? You honestly couldn't envision a more surreal situation. It has just come to my realization that what we unearthed that night has not once been uttered to another soul. As a naive teenager, it was the type of thing that you just wanted to forget. But thinking about it, we probably should have let the police or at least someone know. I hate that. I hated that. Yeah, that one. It just makes me think of Pennywise. Hiya, Georgie. Hiya, Georgie. Hiya, Georgie. Hiya, Georgie. Okay. 
Next, we're going to be reading Dr. Ramsey by Reddit user Sweet Mercy. Okay. A week or so before my 10th birthday, I walked to the corner store with a $5 bill and picked up a jar of ragu for my mom. On my way home, a man I'd never seen before fell in step with me and began talking. Hi, he said cheerfully. My name is Dr. Ramsey. I'm a pediatrician. Do you know what a pediatrician is? I walked walked along silently, not replying and fervently hoping he would take that as a sign and leave me alone. Subtleties were not his strong suit, though, because he kept right on chattering. Are your parents looking for a pediatrician for you? Of course, you're almost a big girl now. You'll be needing another kind of doctor soon, won't you? No. That's okay, though. They can still bring you to me until then. What's your name? You have beautiful hair. I was just on my way to get some suckers for the candy jar in my office. Do you like suckers? Thankfully, we were nearing my house, so I ran forward, up the back steps, and ended through the kitchen door. I didn't know it then, but that was the beginning of a very long, very scary ordeal. It didn't take long after that for Dr. Ramsey to begin showing up. At first, it seemed benign enough, at least to a kid. He would drive by nearly every day, smiling and waving. I told my mom, who said maybe it was on his way home from work, but then the phone calls began. My dad called me into the living room, sat me down. He asked about the day Dr. Ramsey had followed me home, and if I talked to him again. He said I wasn't in trouble, but that I needed to tell him the truth. I told him no, and he asked if I was sure, could I be forgetting something. I told him no again, and he frowned and then asked, then how does he know your name? I didn't. Mm -mm. I didn't know. No. It turns out that's not all he knew. He knew my sister's name as well. Pretty soon, neither my sister or I were allowed to answer the phone. He called several times a day. At first, neither of us knew what he was saying. Then one night, one of my brothers told us that he was telling my parents he was going to hurt me, and later my sister. Things got complicated after that. My dad had called the police but this was before there were any stalking laws. There was not a lot they could do. They told my parents to call back if he tried anything. My dad then called a friend of his from back in the day who happened to be a cop. For the next month, my dad's friend escorted me to and from school. Suddenly, life as I knew it came screeching to a halt. I couldn't walk to school alone. I couldn't play outside. I couldn't walk to Super America, sort of like a 7-Eleven for those who don't know. When access to me was completely denied, things escalated. It was around this time he began threatening my sister as well. Then one afternoon, my sister, two of my brothers, my mom and I were in the kitchen. One of my brothers saw a glimpse of someone in the garage. (gasps) They'd seen him too. Dr. Ramsey came bolting out of the garage, my brothers chasing after him. They ran all the way to Cherokee Park, where he lost them in the trees. Uh. My parents called the police again, but nothing came of it. The only information they had was a description and a name That was almost certainly fake. A couple of weeks later, we woke to find our dog hanging from the side porch. She was a gorgeous saddleback German shepherd born the same day I was. We were all devastated. The cop said there was no evidence that it was him and ruled it accidental, but none of us believed that. His phone calls became more informative in the meantime. He would talk about who was home and who wasn't. If my brother would say my dad was home, he would tell him who was really in the house. He would also talk about the house itself about the window in the kitchen he could easily open with a knife from the outside, even when it was locked, and about the French doors that connected to the living room 
uh, the living room to the side porch and how the lock could be finagled from the outside if you jiggled it just right. What the fuck? That night, my dad put in some carpenter nails in the bottom of the French doors until he could get a new lock ordered. My parents had to go to a company event for my dad's work. My older brothers were at St. Sweller's roller skating rink. My sister was on the phone with her best friend. My little brother was asleep on the floor. I was watching Devo on the midnight special with Wolfman Jack. It was late. Suddenly, the top of the French doors swung inward. No. And in a few milliseconds before the nails in the bottom caused them to snack back, <gasps> I could see his silhouette. My sister whipped the phone at the television and we ran up the stairs. About halfway up, we realized our little brother was still asleep on the living room floor. Oh, no. As quietly as we could, we slipped back down the stairs to get him. We all went into our bedroom and didn't turn on the light. This way we could see outside. We watched out the window for a while, and when we didn't find him, we crept down the hall to our brother's room to look. We looked down and could see someone standing at the back door. Mm -mm. He knocked loudly. What do you want? My sister asked out the window. He stepped back and said, Is this the Mercy residence? I have a pizza for delivery. Ew. Can you come to the door? She scoffed at him, declaring she was not stupid. She could see he didn't have a pizza, and she was calling the cops. He left. A short while later, my brothers returned home. We told them what happened, and they walked around the yard watching for him. They came back in, and things settled down. By now, we had pretty much given up on calling the police because it never helped. So we just went back in, each of us, except my younger brother, who was still asleep, carrying a knife from the kitchen, just in case. Eventually, one of my brothers went into the kitchen to get a bowl of cereal as a snack. You know that sensation you get when you can just feel someone watching you? Yeah, he had that in spades. He kept looking around the kitchen through the doorway into the dining room at the windows. He didn't see anything, but he could still feel eyes on him. So he went closer to the door to try to see it better. The kitchen lights were reflecting on the windows of the door. It had three rows of three windows, so he still couldn't see. He stepped closer, then closer again, until he was right up to the door. Then he cupped his hands on either side of his head so he could see. There, on the other side of the window pane, was Dr. Ramsey. No! Smiling back at him. <gasps> he turned to yell for my older brothers, and when he looked back again, he was gone. They went out again to look for him, but they didn't see him. The next night, we were at the table playing Crazy Eights, and my brother was restless. My sister asked him what was wrong, and he said he always felt like any minute now there would be a boom, boom, boom on the door window. Almost immediately after he finished his sentence, boom, boom, boom <clears throat> on the window right behind him. No. In the chaos, the two eldest ran out, but he was already gone. A couple of weeks later, I was at school, and we were outside on the, we were outside on the playground during recess. I was swinging upside down when I saw that now familiar blue Ford Galaxy cruising by, moving slowly. There he was, smiling and waving. Ew. He called my name, and I ran to the teacher and told her. The school had been told about him, and she took me inside right away and called my mom. That same day, my mom had gotten a call from the school office asking her to verify that my dad was picking me up. <gasps> as he called to say he was on his way. Oh, no! He wasn't. Not long after that, I woke up one night thirsty. I went down to the kitchen for a drink, and there, sitting alone in the dark, was my dad. On the table, a gun. <gasps> he was tired of the police waiting until Dr. Ramsey tried something. He was tired of his children being terrorized. 
He was tired of being afraid every time he left for work that something would happen to us while he was gone. I sat with him for a time, watching before he sent me back to bed. These events and many more took place over a period of around 18 months. Then, as suddenly as it had began, it was over. He had vanished from our lives. The phone calls, the drive-by with the creepy waves, everything. For a long time, during and after the Dr. The Dr. Ramsey days, I would have a recurring nightmare in which I would wake up to find him standing over me as I slept. It took me a long time before I felt like a kid again. I found out that when he was calling, Dr. Ramsey would tell my parents that he was going to rape and kill me, <gasps> and later my sister. Uh. And there was nothing they could do about it. Oh, no. I don't know what happened to him when he disappeared. I don't know if he was in a car wreck, locked in prison, in a coma, but sometimes I wonder if the wait ended for my dad when he was sitting in the darkened kitchen one night. I don't know, and I'm not sure I want to. Ugh. So a little update from this story. <gasps> There's an update. Uh, in a way. Did she talk to her dad and he was like, yeah, I fucking <laughs> killed that bastard? Uh, not to my knowledge. Here we go. Shit. I am working on bringing this story to a book format, a oh, memoir cool. of sorts. I am doing it partly because writing it has proven cathartic for me and partly because I want to help others see that this is survivable. I have started a GoFundMe for it because in order to write it completely, I need to be able to house my daughter and I while in while it's in progress. Aww. And also because I'd like to be able to get my hands on the most information slash records possible so that it's as full and accurate a book as it can be. Wow. I spent time over the winter in Minnesota interviewing family so I could fill in the gaps of my own memory. I even asked my dad if he knew what happened to Dr. Ramsey in the end. If you can donate, that would be awesome. If not, please pass the link on to others who may be able to. It would mean the world to my daughter and my, and that is to, to my daughter Yeah, and yeah, I. let's link that. And yeah. that's uh, GoFundMe.com slash B-O-O-I-O-C. Uh, GoFundMe.com slash B-O-O-I-O-C. And it's the Let's Not Meet Dr. Ramsey. It's Sweet Mercy. Sweet Mercy. Thank you for letting us use this story. Yeah, and reach out to us if you have any more updates or anything yeah, i for sure isn't that fucked know, up get that story that like story figure that that is insane and Fuck terrifying you, and god bless your dad for being like obviously a badass i hope Just your dad like, fucked that dude up i'm protecting I'm my goddamn family that's what i hope happened okay we have one more it's super one more short little guy. i'm gonna close it off with like a little short guy yeah and this redditor asks not to be credited so right so appreciate you yeah but we still got the permission to use the story. Yeah, this one was just published a few days ago. This is a brand new. It's Let's not called meet. Creepy Guy Threatens Me During My Late Night Shift. Mm. This happened to me about a week ago. I found a summer job at a local supermarket. And about two weeks in, I got asked to work the late night shift. 11 p.m. to 5 a.m. Gross. I accepted since I was in need of money and okay. I never sleep early. Everything was fine and dandy until about 3 a.m. when a shirtless, scarred-up guy came to the store. Mm. After lingering around the store for a while, he quickly came up to the counter, making intense eye contact with me. As I was about to ask him if he needed any help, he whispered, Don't you dare move. I didn't hear him at first, so I asked him if he could repeat that. At that point... He got agitated and yelled, make another sound and I'll cut you up. Okay. In a swift motion, he vaulted over the counter, 
going to the alcohol section, trying to grab a bottle of whiskey. Thankfully, the owner has hit a baseball bat under the counter. The moment he turned his back to me, I took the bat and swung full force at his knee. Fuck yeah, dude. He winced in pain and tried to get up. I winded my bat again, acting like I was going to hit him again. Just to see him pull, just to see him pull out a homemade shiv of some sort. What the fuck? I let him get up, and the moment he got up, he swung a shiv at me, lightly lacerating my wrist. Jesus. I pushed him back with my bat, and he ran for the door and got out. The day after, I called the cops and showed them the security camera footage, but they haven't contacted me since. I think it's safe to say I won't be working the late night shift again for a long time. So, scarred shirtless guy, let's not meet let's again. Let's not meet. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> so, that is, those are a few let's not meets. Let us know what you think. Yeah. About let's when we meet. do stuff like this. Similar know, to yeah. the creepypastas. Yeah. And I think they're fun. Stuff. They're yeah. super fun. Anyway, guys, thank you all so much. Uh, and we got more listening. content coming at you soon, okay? We'll Peace. have a full episode very soon. Probably, maybe. We'll just fuck around. We'll just keep fucking around. We'll see what happens. Bye. Peace.